You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you triathlon studs and studettes. This is Coach Brett with another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Hey, on this episode, Tawny Prazak is back and she joins us for the news. And on this news, we cover the biggest triathlon outside of Kona. Some would say even bigger than Kona, Challenge Roth in Germany. The pro field was stacked and there was drama and situations going on left and right. We have asthma attacks pros accidentally putting Vaseline in their goggles, other pros wearing headphones on the marathon, GPS tracking, the real Starkowitz getting blocked from Jody Swallow's feeds. I mean, it just goes on and on. People's bikes getting stolen. It's a crazy news and drama-filled episode with Tawny, who's coming to us from Whistler. Wow, man, it is it is really, really good. And then we uh, answer some questions by email on how to train, and then we go into the training log, which is always good stuff. Cover a little bit about a book on essentialism, which is nice. And the link to that is actually on zentrathlon.com. But the other thing is tomorrow, as of this recording, I'm on, let's see, Saturday, July 26th. Tomorrow is Ironman Lake Placid, and... The payout as of today, the day before the race, the payout for seventh place, crowdfunded by your buddies here on uh, Slow Twitch, Zen Yard Triathlon, and started by um, Dark Mark and the Real Starkey and Pay 10 Deep to try to pay pros more is now at nearly $7,000. Dollars split between male and female, and uh, for seventh place, Ironman Lake Placid to prove a point that Ironman does not pay enough for their races and for their pros. And the craziest thing just happened yesterday. Word on the street broke that Lance Armstrong himself donated over five hundred dollars to get <laughs> to get this fund over $6,000. And so it hit $6,000 and it kept on going. So we're almost at $7,000, $6,890. And we're still a day before the race. So by the time you get this podcast, because it takes me a couple of days to, to get it all together, you will uh, know what happened to what went down. And on the next episode, we'll cover all the drama. This is really, really cool. Okay. Let's go ahead and get started with the news all about Challenge Roth with Tawny calling in via Skype from Iron Man Whistler. Let's go. All right, I am here with Tawny Prazak. How's it going? What is up, man? I'm coming to you from Whistler in Canada right now, so hopefully you can hear me, eh? <laughs> <laughs> What's that, a boot? Oh, there's lots of run to boots around here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do they really talk like that? Um, they say, I, you know, this morning I was talking to some Canadians, and I was trying not to laugh every time I hear A, because it's like, okay. it's just... 
it comes with the territory. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they really do say that like all the time. It's awesome. Do you remember that movie, uh, Strange Brew? Oh my gosh, it's so weird that you say that. John was talking about needing to download that and watch that movie. What is this movie? Is it, it they're Canadian? making fun of Canadians? Yeah. Okay. And um, it's based on Shakespeare's Hamlet, I think. I think a lot of people probably don't know that, but. Um, they a beer company is getting taken over by a evil parent or king or something like that or i mean an evil company and so it's very it's very loosely hamlet it's pretty cool but it's got rick moranis and then oh, i forgot the other guy and they put on really strong canadian accents isn't that and, the guy in honey i shrunk the kids uh i think so but they say it's lord <laughs> it's lord helmet in Spaceballs. and so they say um a boot and A, and um, what's the other thing? A uh, hoser. Oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah. See, I need to like brush up on like my Canadian knowledge because I got some of it down, but the hoser yeah. was a new one to me. And there's yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> there's lots of ice skating and stuff like that. It's really good. Yeah. So okay, so that's where you are, and I'm, I'm in uh, Port Aransas, Texas, which is really close to Corpus Christi, which a lot of people have heard of, and we're here on vacation. And um, we just went paddle boarding, and nobody fell in, which is an accomplishment. And I went surfing this morning with Kai. Yay! And I got in about 45 minutes, and I tracked it on my uh, Sunto. So as Are you surfing, wearing a heart rate monitor or just your GPS? Uh, just the GPS because it's not um, – it's like two foot, two and a half foot right now. So it's nothing to really oh. – it's nothing really to work out on. So, um, But it was still fun. You know, anyway. Absolutely. Well, I got my water exposure this morning too. We went swimming over in Alta Lake where the Ironman takes place. And I forgot my wetsuit down in California. So I was trying to like seek one out and borrow one from someone in Twitter land. And I got one, but it was too small. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to go in in my bathing suit. And I definitely um, was like, John and I actually, John didn't bring his wetsuit either. So we went, we were the only ones out there out of like all the masses of triathletes without wetsuits. And people <laughs> were looking at us like we were absolutely nuts. Yeah. They're like, are you doing the race? And I was like, no. Um, you should say and yeah. then we ran. <laughs> this is how Ironman, when you're involved in sport, we're like swimming out to the buoys or whatever. And we run into a group of our friends. So then we're sitting there kind of having like our quote unquote coffee chat in the middle of the lake and i'm my body core temperature is just dropping dropping yeah. dropping with like the non-movement yeah. so i came home and because the, the water was like mid 60s yeah, and it was like it's like in the 50s outside right now too so it's kind of cold um so i was pretty chilly and that's why i'm in my jacket still and yeah. like having a nice big hot cup of coffee right now and here I promise the you the, the water temperature is probably 82 degrees. Holy crap. And I would have much preferred this morning. <laughs> yeah, it is. Inc- it's awesome. But then, you know, the air temperature starts climbing and it's so humid that and so hot after a while mm-hmm. that you need to get off the beach by about 10 o'clock or else you're going to cook. You know, it's just too much. That's crazy. So we got up. Kai and I got up and uh, went surfing at, I think we were in the water by about 7 7.15, 7.30, and then by 9-something, it was getting too hot to be out there, and we wanted to come back in. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty That's nuts. <laughs> but it's great, you know? And then on this island, everybody drives around in golf carts. Oh, it's like so, Catalina for us at home. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like that, but, like, people smoking cigarettes and 
screaming at their kids and, you know. That is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so is this a birthday vacation for you guys? Because uh, I know it's your birthday this week. Uh, not, I mean, not exactly, but I'll take it. Yay. Uh, yeah. Do you have a good birthday? Uh, yeah, except on the drive down here. Um, I kept getting tech. Okay, good. Okay. Well, I still started a new recording right now. Yeah. Just in case you lose this one, I can somehow get it to Dropbox or something like that. Okay, cool. We're good. Yikes. I mean, this is what the things you deal with when you're going to international, coming to you from BC and you're down there in yeah. Texas, lovely land. Yeah. Well, this is what's, you know, 10 years from now, we'll be laughing about this because you'll just, to record, record a phone call, you just pull twice on your earlobe or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So. I saw that picture you posted of you doing TRX on your deck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty rad. It's awesome. It's a very motivating place to want to just get outdoors and, yeah. you know, get engulfed in nature. And I'm not going to lie, after I did Vine Man, I was pretty lazy and indulgent for the last couple of weeks. So I'm like getting that itch. You know, like after you take some time off after a race and you're finally like, okay, getting back to your like, all right, let's get back to some like consistency and I want to sweat again. Like I'm finally feeling that motivation again. You know what I've learned is after doing a Iron Man, especially and Iron Man, but um, even a half Iron Man is don't judge how you feel about the future of the sport um, for like half a month or so. Just don't even, or maybe even a month if it's an Ironman. Just don't even, cons- you know, make no decisions on anything. No, your mind is not working correctly for no. a long time. <laughs> it's real, Yeah, it's really all over the place. It's tough to say whether or not yeah. you're so amped you decide that you're going to quit your job and become a pro try to become a pro and go live in Hawaii and just totally ruin your future or you're like I'm gonna never I ever do an Ironman ever it's again so yeah, <laughs> it sucks and I don't like this and never do an Ironman ever again like give it give it some time yeah and then think about it um okay let's talk about Roth there was so much Please. drama oh okay. so much drama drama and I think you know even more drama than oh, I know I was following it so closely and i got some funny funny stuff did you pull an all-nighter because obviously like it started for me it started like literally as i was getting into bed and i was like okay i'm not gonna pull an all-nighter just to follow a race in germany right now as much as i love it oh what i did is i have a i have a uh, series of interns uh zentri interns it's like approximately well there's approximately six or seven of them and then i send them out into the internet and have them keep tabs on things and then report. Is that, that a joke or is that for real? <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> Man, you have this like underlying operation going yeah. on. No wonder your podcast is killing it. Yeah. Okay. First off, <laughs> you've got the results up, right? Because my interns failed have, uh, to give me my the, the the results. Okay. So this is there's so much crazy stuff that happened at this race. So Roth is the biggest race in the sport outside of of Hawaii and after what everybody hears about this I may say it's it's just as big as Hawaii it definitely has a bigger crowd than Hawaii 220,000 people or something like that it's supposed to be complete insanity and to be honest with you I would think I'm gonna try to make a push to get my podcast and coverage out there in the next coming years um even if it means sacrificing going to Kona because I think this is an experience that we need to cover in podcast media land don't you think yeah I think it's it's in Germany in the summer, which is fun. And then also they're probably, when you think about it, they're probably upset that France is getting all the cycling and the long-distance endurance attention. So they're like, well, we want something going on over here. So the right. 
so it's it's a perfect time of year and they want their own thing going on and so this is it this thing's nuts okay so a, a bunch of things happened to athletes we luke mckenzie was supposed to do really well in this race like possibly win it and right off the bat he had an asthma attack uh, right before the swim or during the swim it's, I, it's hard for me to tell where did you hear that actually um, after the race, they were saying why he fell back. He came out of the swim way back from where he should have, and then on the bike tried to make up ground. And I, it may have still been bothering him on the bike. So yeah, that's tough to recover from. Have you ever had that sort of like anxiety, asthma attackish feeling during a swim? Um, you're probably not because you're such I, a good. Swimmer. I don't think I don't think it's um I don't I think it's allergies uh, causing asthma because um, I have that. And it can um, it can really mess you up for a little bit, and then you're you end up hacking and coughing for the rest of the day because now your lung, uh, the uh, capacity, the, well, your the surface of your lungs is irritated, and it's producing mm -hmm. mucus and stuff because it's irritated, and you're um, you're trying to get all that out of you. Yeah. So um, that's as uh, ex it's it's exercise induced asthma is what I have, and what that really it's it's allergens in the air so in my case it's like hay fever kind of stuff like grass and pollen and stuff and then um but then i'm people like me are on the verge of of it not affecting us but if you start breathing really really hard and processing yeah. a lot of air through your lungs then it irritates your lungs so, so that's why it, it just pops up and also if it's cold in the water um you can kind of get it too so the cure is to go get allergy shots and get over your allergies and then this will go away and what happens is is it acts up and you start having an asthma attack when you're doing things like like uh going on long or uh, doing intervals on the bike like hard stuff uh swimming hard if the water's cold and then um uh running uphill over and over and over again it, you'll start getting an asthma attack it's really weird it's also you i mean it makes common sense like the sheer volume of air going in and out of your lungs like that's going to cause more potential little irritants to get in there and cause that attack or whatever. I actually almost had that feeling this morning, you know, again, swimming without a wetsuit. Like, it wasn't freezing, and I've definitely been in colder water, but that initial plunge of, like, head under the water, I had to take, like, a couple, like, gasps before I even was able to get into, like, a rhythm of yeah. swimming. I was like, ah, ah, okay, <laughs> keep going. Ah, ah, yeah. all right, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, in that case, it may be, um, and I'm, I'm probably totally wrong about this, but you're the, Strict. yeah, the, your lungs tightening yeah. up and then you're trying That's to get air like. and then it starts scaring it, you and then you, yeah, you have an attack. You know? I was not scared, but I well, definitely. your body reacts. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, exactly. It was like the flight or fight response, but that's a bummer about Luke because, you know, I've been following him. Um, you know, he's got some, some crazy stuff going on right now. Like they just had their baby and they're like kind of traveling around Europe and everything with his newborn child. And I definitely like him as in any big Ironman, a podium contender. Obviously, he was second yeah. in last year. But you know what the good news is? Like, I, I look at races like this, and I had Thorsten Rod on my podcast recently, and like we're talking about like some of these midseason Ironmans and everything, and it's like, well, you know, sometimes when the top guys are killing them, they may not have the performance than in Kona because sometimes you only have one of these races in you per year. Yeah. So if this wasn't Luke's day in Roth, 
then maybe he'll he'll have his day in Kona this year. He was second last year, so you never know, right? Yeah, and and the other thing is when you travel around a lot, this if if it was a an asthma attack from allergens, well, you get different allergens in different parts of the world, so you wouldn't know that you're going to have an a-, a problem in Germany because you're not used to the exact allergens that are in the air in Germany. Like a lot of people move mm-hmm. to Texas and never have allergy problems at all. Yeah, until they move here. That, you know, wherever they lived, they were fine. And then they moved here, and it, this is a high allergen place. And you get, right. yeah, you get hay fever and stuff like that. You know what I just noticed? I'm looking at the results right now, the top 10, and Luke almost got chicked by Miranda Carfrey. He did an <laughs> 830. Seriously, he did an 837 33, and uh-huh. she did an 838 53. Yeah. Yeah, she wow. killed it. Absolutely killed it. There's a picture after the race at the celebration, which apparently in Germany they take very seriously. It went on for two days, and there's a picture of her up on a table and people either trying to get her down or something like that. I don't know what they're doing. Brenda? Yeah. What? That sounds like some scandalous, like, (laughs) things you don't see in Kona type of stuff. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my God. uh, More drama-rama. More drama Rachel Joyce was a contender to win, yes. and Miranda yes. won, And but Rachel Joyce was putting on her wetsuit, got Vaseline on her hands, because she was using it as lube on her neck and maybe around her wrists or something, and ankles to get it on, and then got it in her goggles, and had, had a hard time in the swim, because she couldn't see, because she had Vaseline in her goggles. That so oh my gosh I mean this this is a frustrating one because it's like again you're you know these little things that like are sort of insignificant uh-huh. but they have like big implications at the end yeah. so did it get in the lens of her goggles or did it get in her eyeballs oh I think just in the lens but so I, then you it think was it like would burn I'm, I don't think it would burn I don't I don't know um but. Yeah, you know, Body Glide and Vaseline, I'm trying to get away from and trying to go like a more all natural route. But I could see how that could happen because I, my, I'll sometimes get sunscreen on the lens of my goggles just from it kind of rubbing around and putting stuff on. So, oh my gosh, if you can't see and you're like in the top field, like, oof, yeah. So, did she fall behind on the swim? Did she have a poor swim or what happened there? I don't know. I'm Googling Rachel Joyce and Vaseline. That sounds like you're going to get some scandalous results. <laughs> Oddly enough, the top 10 results are not unsafe for work. They're all okay. There's no, I don't know where I heard that, that this happened. But there are quotes by her on these result, on these results, results um, that she uses Vaseline for all kinds of, on her, for like lube on the saddle. Um, she talked about Oceanside 70.3 using Vaseline for wetsuit chafing. Okay, so the reason you don't want to do that, uh, people, is it tears up uh, the petroleum jelly in Vaseline um, will eat away at your wetsuit. Yeah. Um, if uh, you're a pro and you get a new wetsuit every year. They don't care. Yeah, just use it. Who cares? Yeah. So, um, Or if you only do a wetsuit swim every once, very rarely, I guess use it. So, Okay, now the thing that I like, because my birthday was just the other day, and I turned 41... Right? Which is terribly, terribly old. I can barely operate this computer because I'm. You so kind of look like you've aged since I last saw you. Yeah. Oh right man, there. it's like. What's oh. going on, man? Hold on. Is there rails What's on this about? computer? We're gonna put rails <laughs> on this podcast so I can get through it. So yeah, we need to do a home. The guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, if I go home 
If I get if you put me in a home, I want a rascal because those are apparently really big down here. Nothing <laughs> nothing should keep you from going to a, a buffet in Port Aransas, Texas, and especially the ability to get around on your rascal is what I've noticed. What's a rascal? That's what a hover around. You know, it's like one of those uh, electronic those little... wheelchairs that you can kind of get. Oh, around. right, you know, right. Because you've eaten too much. That's what <laughs> I want. That Seinfeld episode of them all and their little old people like yeah. car, like whatever. Yeah, down little... in Florida. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. What is your your old well, age? Me and, and the winner of of uh, Roth. Timo oh, Brock have something in common in that we're only two years apart in age. He won at age 39 years old, which is really cool. I was wondering why you put, like, in the email you sent me, you're like, Timo Brock is 39. I'm like, and the sky is blue. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, what? Yeah. But, okay, I see where you're going with it. Yeah. So. so people out there that are like, oh, I need to retire, or I can never go be a pro because I'm 30 or, or 31 or 32, Roth is like Kona. It's hard. It's one of the hardest races to win, and the guy that won it is 39. So yeah. think about that. I think that's really cool. It's, you know, and he's been one of, he's German, obviously, and he's been in this race, and this has been on his radar as a race to win for a very, very long time. So you know, I think a lot of that, too, like you look at some of these guys when it's like, part of their career goals if when like the whole grand scheme are about winning one certain race he things click eventually and he he knows this race well um and i'm so glad to see him win i'm a huge fan of his i don't think he's racing kona this year um so this was his a race and the big big thing for him imagine being german living in germany and winning that race about Mm. 220,000 spectators knowing who you are that 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 was that must be so cool to be him right now yeah yeah, yeah. and for a long time all right <laughs> in my notes people take this with a grain of salt i don't mean it exactly like this pete jacobs sucked and then handed out medals all day and became a hero he's so i like this guy like i the love more pete jacobs and yeah he's a smart dude too because like I still see, even though he didn't have a good year in Kona last year, like he could still have a good Kona in him this year. And why, this is where that whole debate comes with like pro racing. It's like, why, you know, um, waste all that energy. If you know, you're going to have a bad day, pull out and make something, make the most of that day and then move on to the next one. So what he did, like, um, leading up to him winning Kona a couple of years ago, he did, he got like seventh and then he got third and then he got second Right, so everybody's like, "Well, Pete Jacobs is probably going to win this thing." Then he got first, and then the past year and was it past. It was year? just one year. Uh, yeah, so the past year, he didn't he didn't do very well at all compared to what I mean. He relatively speaking, of course, he still runs. So he ran circles around your average age grouper. But anyway, compared to his expectations, what he wants to do, he didn't do very well. But this is really cool. He um he 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 still finished this race even though he wasn't doing as anywhere near what he wanted to do, and then he turned around and oh like because like the Timo Timo did it in like I think under eight did they break eight hours in this yeah just yeah uh, he was the only one to break eight this year it was a tough day out there this year it was a little hot um, yeah it was really hot crazy conditions and so uh, absolutely hot I think Pete did something like nine and a half hours you know which 
Oh, Scheisel. Yeah, yeah. which I, I, I could be wrong about that. But he wasn't anywhere near where he wanted to be. So he went and changed clothes and then went back to the finish line and handed out medals, right? Wow. And he went from feeling like a turd, like, oh, gosh, I feel terrible about myself, to saying that it really changed his outlook on everything, to be there handing out medals uh, to everybody, like, into the middle of the night. And how much, I think it really refreshed his memory on how much, how big fans people are of him. Because coming across the finish line and having Pete, if, if I came across the finish line and Pete Jacobs gave me a medal... I would have freaked out. I would have been like, yeah, totally. man, that's so cool. Yeah. And I think that probably lifted the spirits that so many people were doing that. So, and like on the opposite end of uh, like a team of Brock, who's maybe like at his peak at, you know, once and for all for his career, like uh-huh. Pete Jacobs is still really young. I yeah, think he's, he's in young. his early thirties, like 32 or something. So if he, and I'm, I'm sure he's a smart guy and he's done plenty of Ironmans at this point. He's done more Ironmans for his age than I, like, I'm surprised to see how many Ironmans on his resume. So he knows he has much time ahead yeah. to still kind of fine tune and get nail these races for sure. But, you know, when you have a stacked field like that, like another guy that I was kind of surprised not to do, uh, do so well was the defending champion, Dirk Bockel. Mm-hmm. Um, whom I'm a huge fan of. That guy is like so cool. He and his wife, I've met them in Kona a few times and they're really like super down to earth people. But he had a pretty crappy day too. But you know, you yeah. move on and look forward to the next one. You ladies out there ought to Google Dirk Bockel videos and, get, and watch. There's this girl at my office that just starts drooling all over the place when she sees Dirk Bockel on, on video. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a charismatic guy for sure, but his yeah. wife she's yeah. hot. So w- watch out, ladies. He's oh, taken. <laughs> yeah, he's taken. Oh yeah, she, <laughs> there's like she's there. like a cute little American girl, and he's yeah. this like sexy German guy. Yeah. So there'll be like a video of him just ripped, like six pack abs, and he's getting out of the water. Totally. And he's talking, and he just looks he looks badass, right? And then all of a sudden, like yeah, you're right. Like wedging in herself from the side comes this hot chick, and she starts talking. You know, and she's you so get cute. it. Yeah. He's hers. <laughs> yeah. Taken. Okay, He's so. Taken. Um, what other drama? Okay. Um, Joe Gambles. There was photos of him wearing headphones on the marathon what? of the race. Shut and up. Then, and Tawny, listen. Oh, my God. Then <laughs> the Slow Twitch Mafia got on top of this and started investigating and started going through a whole bunch of pictures and a whole lot of pros were wearing headphones during what the is run. This? What is this that I hear? And I did not hear it. More is, oh people God. got on top of it and did some investigative work because you know if a stone is unturned, the Slow Twitch Mafia just freaks out that they don't under, they don't know something, right? And so they right. dug up the race rules, and you can wear headphones during Challenge Roth. Well, there you go. On the run. And then some people said, well, that's stupid. And then other people said, why wouldn't you? It's a performance aid. And I think the pros know that. I would put on heavy metal, like the, the second I started the run and just hammer. Me too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you on that music choice. Yeah. Isn't that crazy though? So they they uh, they apparently allow it. They say that the the only rule is don't turn it up so loud you can't hear what's going on. 
So this goes back to the conversation we had a couple podcasts ago about all these rules and like how they're so different in various races. And oh yeah, <laughs> you and I that was talking about creating that website. Yeah. On like freaking having one database where you have all the clarification of rules, so there's yeah. no question marks. Because holy crap, who would ever think that in a triathlon that it's legal to wear headphones? Like I yeah. would never even guess that would be the case. Either. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Wow. So, so it wasn't music he was listening to. Do we know that for sure? Maybe he was listening to one of your podcasts. Oh yeah. Well, it turns out he was listening to, um, well, first he was listening to Zen Yard Triathlon, but he would stop about every other mile and put it on Endurance Planet to get. Oh uh, yeah. He was, now getting, we're he was getting nutrition tips and also, <laughs> uh, tips from, um, Joe. <laughs> He was getting, uh, you know, like pacing and coaching tips from uh, Ask the uh, Ultra Runner coach, right? And then, um, and then, yeah, your your interview with, uh, uh, God, I want to call him Thurston Howell. Oh, Thorsten. Thorsten. And, Thorsten uh, Rod. Thurston Howell. And then uh, he Gilligan's wanted Island. he wanted information on his competition, right? So he was going back and forth. Dude, we got to do a podcast. So now that we know that there there's certain races where you can um, listen to headphones, like the the podcast to listen to during the run portion, we'll like say sweet nothings triathlon wise. Okay, <laughs> well let's try it right now. Okay, Donnie, Donnie, yeah. <laughs> tell them to hurry up. Hard. Listen, there's an aid station coming up. Run through it. Don't stop for anything. He's right behind you. <laughs> don't slow down I always think of aid stations I go back to what I heard Chris McCormick say one time when he was having the battle with um, Andreas Rayler it was like 2010 and Maka was like uh, Andreas should have never stopped at that last station in Kona no one ever stops there I mean that's showing the sign of yeah. weakness and after that they were running neck and yeah. neck and that's where Andreas lost it he just you know he went for like the safe route of trying to get some yeah. nutrition but never was able to recover and you just suck it up and you like at that yeah. level at least. All right. If you're listening to this and it's the very end of your race or it's the very end of your training run, <laughs> don't. don't stop. It's a, Tawny says it's a sign of weakness. But it's absolutely like... You will get uh, beat. <laughs> Can I retract that statement on some like uh, um, uh, it, it depends sort of basis? Oh. Because <laughs> it doesn't depend on anything. Maka says that you're weak. It's a newbie mistake. Don't stop for coke. Who needs calories and hydration? If Screw you that. Slow, listen, it doesn't matter if you're on a training ride in the middle of Kansas. If you slow down at the last aid station, Maka will come out of the bushes and pass you. <laughs> and it will be Maka who will do it. We should totally get like one of his Under Armour kits and like do that at races yeah. and like jump out at people and be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> Don't grab, stop! Grab the cup and throw it on the ground. Mac is coming. <laughs> See, this is why people should have us at their races because we would do genius, hilarious things. Yeah. There's an old podcast where I was at Wildflower at one of the aid stations the day after at the Olympic distance. Yeah. And some friends and I were drinking beer and we yelled at people and we recorded the whole thing. And it is awesome. It's so good. Were was, you at the naked aid station? No. But we were right at this hill one of the where it goes from the lake level and it starts going up on the run. Yeah. And oh, we were gosh. yelling things like, you paid for this. 
And don't blame See, the race. Blame the, don't blame the hill. Blame the race director. That was a really good one. Nice. Yeah. I would rather have people yelling that to me than you look great yeah. or you got it because yeah. I know I don't look great. Like I'm just <laughs> trying to. Or the worst. The worst is like you're almost there, and I want to be like, no, I am not almost there until that finish line is within like ten feet, and that's like I think one of the worst things you can say to someone, especially if there's like several miles ago, you don't want to say you're almost there because it doesn't feel like. <laughs> oh that yeah. This was like mile one of the run, so we would yell things like that. You're almost there. <laughs> oh, see, now that's when I like go throw, kick things at you. So we had people like flipping us off, and, and, and uh, but they were <laughs> laughing so hard. <laughs> and uh, awesome. yeah, you look incredible. Um, and then some people forget to take off their bike gloves, you know, while they're on the run. And we're like, those bike gloves you're wearing make you look so fast. And then they look down <laughs> at their hands. And they were, they, we had a Whoops. megaphone. We were yelling with a megaphone. Okay, so um, check this out. They had GPS tracking at Roth. Yeah, this is this is where we need to go with it because yeah. you know often these like um day, like these websites get overwhelmed with people trying to track and yeah. obviously as we know in Ironman events like you just lose it and we need to know where our people are so. How was it? How did it work? Did they have to wear like an extra like ankle brace or, or ankle little thingy or? Oh yeah, there's something. Get I chips say implanted that. into their skin. So it's like a little, <laughs> like a little puck, like uh, it was like a couple inches long by an inch wide or something. And okay. they um, this is really funny. They wore it, and then they could wear it on the run if they wanted to. But they definitely had it on the bike. They had to work with T-Mobile to make sure. Um, that apparently one of the difficulties of getting this done is the load on the cell network um, for live mm -hmm. tracking is, is mm -hmm. can be a lot. Right. Okay. But this is what I thought was really funny. If, uh, if people remember, I've been talking, I did an interview with um, the guys that are trying to get uh, seventh place Lake Placid paid more because, and the thing that uh, Pay 10 Deep talked about on the last podcast was that the look the pros are important we know the pros are important you gotta so you should pay the pros and he was listing off reasons proof that the pros were important mm -hmm. um because some people will say all oh, the pros aren't that important he's like no they are and he had a lot he had a nice list of reasons of why and then um in the statement from challenge and how they were doing this tracking they said that the tracking, they'll have tracking on all the pros and then especially make sure that it's working on the important pros. What? I quoted it out of them because... Oh, my gosh. Because the important pros could wear it on the run, too. <laughs> oh. And so there's apparently, if you're a pro, you're still not important until you're an important pro. Oh, but man. the fact that they were wanting to track the pros at all is proof that the pros are important to the race industry and you shouldn't just, you know, dismiss them as like, Oh, we can get along with these guys. The why that's who they chose to track. They didn't put these trackers on age groupers. They mm -hmm. put them on the pros. So that's, fine. that's crazy. So, okay, wait, yeah. I missed your interview that you had. Did you interview like dark Mark and Starkey and stuff on this Lake Placid stuff? There's another guy pay 10 deep. And yeah. he's involved as well. So okay. uh, because of scheduling, uh, I interviewed him. And um, he, yeah, he was saying, you know, that that um, there's a little bit of, of of out there of people saying all oh, the pros aren't that important. You know, because like Rev3 canceled the pro right, right. Uh, section. 
and um, he's like, no, they know. Iron Man brand knows that the pros are important. And and right here is proof is this Roth issue. Is yeah. the, uh, they When they chose to put GPS on people, guess who they put it on? They put it on the pros. That's a lot of money that they got to spend on this. And uh, But anyway, so we'll, we'll probably see um, a lot more of this coming in the future. I, I didn't follow the live tracking because, like you, this was in the middle of the night. I'll have to ask my interns to see if they stayed up late and uh, followed the live tracking. <laughs> Your little elves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zentri elves. Your big Santa and they're the my, elves. My ninjas. <laughs> my little ninjas. Uh, I need ninjas ninjas <laughs> um so they have companies now like where you and i forget what it's called and I, we we're trying to look into it for whistler for my mom but i think it's too late but you can independently get this gps device to put on your athlete and then track them but it's yeah. not incorporated within any of these brands at like a uh regular like complete like you know included sort of offer yeah, it seems I forget, like... Have you heard of that? It's athlete, my athlete tracker, my oh, athlete yeah, something. Yeah. I work with uh, Morgan and I have done lots of tracking on athletes. And uh, we did live tracking of my swim across Lake Tahoe, for example. Okay. And using a spot tracker. And, yeah. and then Morgan can build websites that do this. It's really, really cool. Okay. And the problem is, is once you get into a large scale, you start dragging down the whole cell phone network, then it stops working, and then people want their money back. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so that's why I was saying that that they had to team up with T-Mobile, especially with two hundred and twenty thousand spectators at the same time. Yeah. Every, everybody's pumps. trying to track all this stuff and see where yeah. people are. They were that's really great. worried about it. So this was a test run, and that's why they said only on the important pros. <laughs> That is crazy. So my like favorite images from Roth or like a lot of these European races are like the very finish when the pros are pouring that huge giant goblet glass, whatever you want to call it, of beer uh-huh. down their face or just like, ah, yeah. I won. And I'm like, oh, man, that has to be like the ultimate feeling in sport when you like win an event like that in front of so many people and you just are pouring beer all yeah. over yourself. That's You know what? <laughs> I think I want to I win a race like that. I don't care if it's like an Xterra at my local lake, but if they have a, a pitcher of beer where you pour it over your head because you because yeah. it's so rad and it, it's such a cool event. Epic. Yeah, I think I want to I want to be in on that. Me That's too. That's pretty cool. Um, well, maybe for Iron Baby, we'll just pour a beer over somebody's head whether they want it or not. <laughs> Do it like Texas style, crack a can oh. and like or shotgun it. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, no, we'll do it Texas style. Pour barbecue sauce over. Them. They're like. <laughs> Oh, this is disgusting. We're like, what? Ew, that's sticky icky. It's not, it's not the same? It's... Okay, so this is really funny. Uh, speaking of Starkey and Dark Mark and Pay 10 Deep, um, uh, the real Starkey Twitter account started mock. This is, this is all. We're still on Raw. This is still going on. So they, they Starkey started mocking Jody Swallow's tweeting of. Of her boyfriend James Kanama 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 and so because Jody was tweeting like some pretty just really no she was tweeting like really short stuff like it's pretty oh and this is nice and look at that and whatever so Starkey started mocking her right. Oh my god. Was, making... was this happening when we were asleep? Yes, it was hilarious. Oh. And then and then and then um uh <laughs> Jody blocked Starkey from being able to see her tweets. 
And then Starkey started tweeting that he got blocked by uh, by Jody because he was making fun of her. See, she's gnarly. She don't mess around. That oh, girl, no. yeah, she's all business, man. Massive respect for her. Yeah. I absolutely like love her whole yeah. kind of vibe. Because and I thought that was kind of weird because Jody like. Uh, Right when Starkey got started with his tweets, Jody was retweeting them and stuff like that. So there's, there's. Uh... She's the real Starkey. <laughs> <laughs> she blocked herself so, for making something. Yeah, reasons. it's all part of the ploy, like yeah. to throw people off. They would never think. Yeah, it was hilarious what was going on with that. Okay, and so what, why was she just tweeting random like, "Hey, the sky is blue," sort of. Because she was trying to, she was trying to tweet. She was, she was tweeting stuff about um, the race um, because James was in it and she was a spectator. Yeah. And so she was just trying to let the world know, kind of like every detail about the race. And um, my understanding is, is that some of the stuff, you know, was so out there. Not out there, just so like boring like just little yeah. stuff that you wouldn't care about right but, right, right. um but if you're a fan of of jody and of james wow well, i i read it you know i'm i'm like cool you know and i know uh, i'm like tempted to go back and look up those tweets yeah in fact i think we should while i'm talking <laughs> about the next story because the next story more roth drama more roth drama um <laughs> Chrissy Wellington. I'll tell you, my ninjas, oh, yeah, this is a good one. Chrissy Wellington tweeted, Roth, Roth is like the best race ever, right? And, you know, Chrissy is like Iron Man's little darling. And Iron Man's a big competitor to Roth, a challenge, challenge company. And when I read that, because she said something like, I don't care what anybody says, Roth is like the most badass race ever. This is right when it's going on, right? And she yeah, misses ruffle some feathers. And she misses it and it's just awesome. Yeah, and I was like, Oh man. So then my ninjas tell me that <laughs> Iron Man got together and stole Chrissy's bike to punish her <laughs> for, for what she it. said. Iron what? Man is are the people who stole Chrissy Wellington's twenty eleven winning bike out of a building and rode that- off on it. Perfect sense. As revenge for her tweet about how cool Roth is. What do you think about that? Is that, good, just, in, is that good analysis? I think we're starting some rumors, Roth <laughs> drama. Oh, man. We're turning into like the TMZ of podcasting right now. Um, but no, I saw that Chrissy tweet because she actually tweeted that. Like I was awake at that point. It was uh-huh. early in the morning when the race was still finishing up. But I definitely that was on my radar. I was like, I wonder, you know, you want to read in between the lines of that. Does that is that mean she's like kind of giving a little diss to Kona, or is she know. just being polite, like trying to be politically correct? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I like the whole spin of. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go back on Jody Swallow's feet. Let me let me see. She blocked you. She blocked me. Now she's mad at me. <laughs> and. Uh, Let's see, uh, twitter.com slash Jody Swallow. Let's see how far back. Twitter's got this thing where they, they won't go back too far, you know? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think they want you to pay at some point for something. Oh, what? Yeah, right? Pay. Hey, this is the internet. Pay? Everything's free. Hey, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Hey, yeah, right. Peace out. Okay, so what day was Roth? It was a week ago, so it was like it was the Sunday. 17th, 18th. Something like that. I don't know. Um, let me scroll back. 
There's okay. Here's a picture. Here's the picture of Rennie on a table. So Jody Swallow tweeted that apparently. So if you want to go to Jody, Jody Swallow's feed, you can see this. And Siri is helping her down. <laughs> Perfect. And, and Jody's <laughs> saying that she's a handful. <laughs> Who Rennie? Yes. Were they were they drunk at that point? Uh, it's two days after the after the race. Yeah. And they're talking I, about I, still partying. Yeah, I've partied with them before, and I will party for sure. My first experience, I think I first met her actually after Clearwater um, in 2009. Um, I forget if she won. I know her. I don't think Tim was with her, um, T.O., but uh, yeah, she definitely parties. But you know what? If you can run a 253 and kill it and be, a, you know, queen of Kona, then party on, girl. <laughs> Live yeah. it up. So there's a there's a picture of Jody Swallow wearing a giant pig head, and then and then also here, listen to this. Uh, this is coming from James Kanama, but it's but he's out racing, so it's Jody said it's her on there, right? She's using his account to because the followers of James would want to know what's going on. Okay. And um, I have Emily like take my phone and like tweet stuff from mine sometimes too during races. And then uh, she says, "Not sure how the real Starkey has the gall." I've never seen Gaul spelt out before. <laughs> I thought it was spelled differently. Um, to comment on my tweets, if you don't like them, sod off. <laughs> Trying, try doing what I do. Train support a tweet. Oh, yeah, man. She was See, tearing don't him. don't mess around. She was tearing him up. It was pretty funny. And right, a- right after that, Starkey cool. got blocked from, from both blocked, of them. Blocked, yeah. Okay. Now, let's see. Is that that was it from Roth? Roth, yeah. Um, I mean, the women's race to me was a little bit more exciting. Maybe it's because I'm a girl. I don't know, but I really liked the competition because you have your top Kona women right now: mm-hmm. Rennie, Ren- Rachel Joyce, Carolyn Stefan, Yvonne and Flurkin, yeah. and then um, the Catherine Foe, or sixth place chick. She's not even, I don't think she's not pro um but she got first amateur at Kona last year and she's from Great Britain as well I don't know if I just said that she kills it and I think she's around my age like late 20s early 30s or so but just, uh, just a know, child just a baby just a baby <laughs> so many years we have no knowledge we're so naive <laughs> but she's killed it man I mean top 10 not even pro at Roth yeah she's got good things coming for her yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like you were saying, uh, Carolyn Stefan is now coached by Maca, right? Mm-hmm. So he was out there at the last I bet two aid stations. Station. Yeah, <laughs> don't you freaking stop! Did you read my book? I'm here to win. I'm here to win. <laughs> Taurine, it's good for your heart. That's what he said. <laughs> that was <in> good. <laughs> that was a good <laughs> impression. That's, I like it. I listened to the audio book, and the guy, it's not Maca reading the audio, audio book, but it's one of his friends from Australia. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's talking in there. It's taurine. Tal- Red Bull's got taurine in it. It's good for your heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm like, gosh, I don't know if so it's so really good for your heart or not. <laughs> anyway, um, so, but the, she got third, which is good. And I, I think she was happy with that. The big thing with Xena is what they call her. Um, is to try to get her cadence up. And mm-hmm. Oh, on the Macca podcast, he recorded from Roth. Uh, Macca, what's the podcast called? Anyway, there's a podcast. Yeah, uh, I have it on my feed that I listen yeah. to. He's doing, a, he's doing a panel you know, podcast in front of a crowd. 
and um, Maca X maybe is what the podcast Maca is called. X Uncensored is yeah. what it's called. And uh, she showed up. So there's a if you want to check out a cool interview with her right before the race, uh, that's there. And um, her, the big thing with her is try to get her cadence up on the bike because her cadence is really low on the bike. And Mac is I, – I, you're like, yeah, you know, people are naturally lower and higher. But hers was like 65 or something like that. Yikes. Like it was way too low. So um, – and she agreed. She was like, I need to work on that. So it looks like she did okay. And uh, well, it, yeah, the only other girl drama that I knew of was the Rachel Joyce thing. So, and I know she's just awesome. So, I know that Rebecca Keat was uh, being kind of touted as one of the top contenders, potential uh-huh. winner sort of thing. And she's obviously in the Siri Lindley camp. So, yeah. you know, it's got to be so weird at being Siri Lindley. Having like Miranda Carfrey, Rebecca Key, Yvonne Vlerkin, and Jody Swallow, who wasn't racing, obviously, but you know, all these top women and then just being supportive of all of them, yet they're all competing against each other. And then to have someone like Rebecca Key not having a good day at all, just having a really off day, but then winning. I mean, Siri Lindley is just freaking genius, in my opinion, of just handling that like so. Like, it just seems like there's so much love there, and she just handle, handles it like uh, flawlessly. Yeah, it's gotta be tough though, you know. Yeah, what a what a what a awesome place to be as a person is to be coaching all those people that are at oh the top gosh, level like that. Dream. Yeah, and I Siri. Siri was um, what was she? She was world champion ITU long distance or something like that. Yeah. 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 She's no joke, man. <laughs> She's a badass. Um, okay, so I got a couple other things. Yeah, I got to get going in about like five, ten minutes because we're going to okay. go drive the Whistler course. I'm going to drive cool. some athletes around for 112 miles. There's a video, there's an article up on Slow Twitch, and it's a video of the pasta line at, at Roth. Uh, <laughs> Was it gluten free? No. <laughs> and somebody cut in line, and the other person didn't like it and grabbed the spoon away. I'm not sure if the person cut in line or not <laughs> because it's kind of hard to tell. And so the guy that had the first person takes the pasta, puts it on his plate. And then hands the spoon to another guy. That guy's holding it now, the spoon. And then a third guy reaches over and grabs the spoon out of his hand. Like, there's a fight over the carbs before the race. Oh, my gosh. People and, just need to get off their drugs. Wait, <laughs> it gets crazier. Then that, that person, the third person, you know, yanks the spoon out of the second person's hand. The first person walks away like, I'm not getting in this. And the second person says, oh, yeah, you're going to take the spoon out of my hand? Watch this. And barehanded rams his hand into the pasta in front of a line of like 200 people and just fists pasta up onto his plate with unwashed hands like up, up on there and just scoops up like two things of pasta and then walks off. Jeez. Yeah, I actually just found the article, and it's titled, Impatience is Certainly Not Cool, on yeah. <laughs> slowtwitch.com. Oh, my God. Noodle then, party faux pas. <laughs> then the Slow Twitch Mafia got on this and investigated every detail because they have to, you know. They can't leave any stone mentions. unturned. And somewhere during the video, and after I heard this, I went and looked, and they're right. If you freeze frame I don't even think you need to freeze frame. On the banner in the background, this is how neurotic the Slow Twitch Mafia is. On the banner in the background, you look, it says 2013. This was from last year. Oh, what? Yeah. 
So it so must have been a light day of news, and they're looking for. Oh my gosh, that is so. Whoever so posted it thought it was from 2014. That works at Slow Twitch. Ooh, that then, sounds like uh, some journalism faux pas to yeah, me, then. And then the forum got on top of it, and you know they're busy. They're not busy at the moment overanalyzing the aerodynamics on dental floss or whatever. <laughs> And they attacked this video and found out it was from 2013. But it's still a really funny video. So oh there's that. Gosh. And then, yeah, that's on slowtwitch.com. Um, then, Journalism. Oh, man. Oh, but then immediately they called for a witch hunt to figure out who these guys are so that they could bust them. And, I do see, of course, them. real Starkey in on that, like saying he'll give a free visor. Yeah. Oh. Okay, and then the last piece of news is ITU is talking about that they have authorized draft Mm. legal age group racing at Sprint Worlds Mm. in 2016, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can pitch one to that. And my, I don't like it because that means I'm going to have to have two race bikes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I'm already like, I have so many bikes that I want and need right now. (laughs) I can't handle it. I can't handle another kind of bike. I just I just want one. I like I like the triathlon bike, you know. And I think people are people love their tri bikes because they're so cool looking. Mm-hmm. And to not need a tri bike because you do um, draft legal, I think. Um, and you can't ride a tri bike in draft legal. You'll they're illegal in draft legal. And um, I think uh, people are like you'll separate you'll pull my tri my tri bike out of my cold dead hands, you know. Yeah. So. Um, that just that. reminded me, um, they announced too, that for 70.3 world championships in 2016, get, do you hear where they're going to be? Oh, Australia, Australia. Yeah. Let's Sunshine qualify. Up. Let's qualify. That Tawny. sounds like fun. Tony, you got to qualify know. and I'll qualify. No you pressure. Know, like it's no problem. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll get, um, somebody to put us up down there. Yeah, let's and, do it. And then you can, uh, your boyfriend can raise some kind of car down there and Emily can, I don't know what the hell she'll do down there. She'll go pet the kangaroos and try to give koalas, <laughs> koalas hugs because they're so cute. Speaking of car racing, that's another reason why we want to go to Roth because the same weekend as Challenge Roth, there's a big Formula One race in Germany as well. So John and I, it's so funny, all these sports that we stream every weekend this time of year. It's like me watching triathlon, him watching race car driving. It's like, well, dude, we need to go these freaking races, the you know Tour de France, right over hops to jump away. Tony, what the hell are you talking into? What is that? Is that a hair dryer? Oh my, <laughs> my microphone! You've never seen my microphone. Uh, what the this hell? Is my, it's, it's the blue. It looks like a volleyball. Well, I am a former volleyball player, so maybe there was some sort of like love for this one. Yeah. No, actually, when I this is the. The microphone I've been using the entire time I've been podcasting, outside of like when I travel and use a little handheld thing. It looks like it was invented by United Airlines or something. I, uh, <laughs> Is there a red dot? <laughs> it's, it's awesome, man. The thing's held up pretty well yeah. so okay. so far. Cool. I was wondering what the heck that was. Yeah. No, it's just me, like, a little orbiting. <laughs> Anyways. All right, man. I got to take off. I got to go drive 112 miles and check out the – do some course um, – Recon. Checking out. Yeah. Yeah. All, All these right. people that need me. Cool. Let me make sure I, I hit stop on this correctly so we don't lose it. And Yeah, I have it too just in case. You have it, it saved. And hold on. I've minimized the hell out of everything apparently, so now I have no idea where anything is. And – yeah, there it is. Okay, cool. 
Have fun. All right, that was awesome. Fun. All right, bye. Bye. See you later. All right. Thank you so much, Tawny. And I hope your mom did just fine during the race. And I'm sure she did. Sounds like it's really, really nice up there. It's the exact opposite up there where they've got bears. And Tawny's out running around and, and uh, doing TRX on people's decks. And I've got uh, a picture of that on the blog. And, um, and then she's posting pictures of bears. And I'm actually down here with a different kind of wild animal, sharks, on the Texas beach. And it's pretty epic outside. I went surfing this morning, and it was pretty brutal. <laughs> I'm exhausted. And, you know, daybreak surf. And uh, Kai and Emily are actually down there right now. But we'll cover that in the next episode's training log. And uh, we'll get into leading up to that on this week's uh, training log. But first... Let us read a little bit of emails and such fun. I keep these every time I get one, a donation or an email, I uh, throw it in the queue here to read on a show. I do want to give a shout out real quick to uh, Sufferfest. So I've been uh, training on the bike trainer a lot and uh, Sufferfest videos are critical to making that more fun. And actually, uh, you, you train on the trainer, you actually become a better cyclist. It's pretty crazy. And then you mix in some outdoor, and that rounds you out. Uh, but if you want to get stronger faster, then the trainer's the way to go. And Sufferfest makes these killer videos to go check it out. To, uh, you should go check it out because it makes you awesome. Let me see. The, we have a discount code, Zen Suffering, all caps, all one word, Zen Suffering, 10% off. All videos and training plans. That's pretty cool. It expires July 31st. Don't mess around. Oh, Kai and Emily are back. Hold on. <laughs> Let's go see. I'll be right back. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. That wasn't them. That was housekeeping. They're down at the beach killing it with their boogie boards. I, I went and surfed earlier, about killed myself, and then uh, they went. At, they had breakfast up here while I was doing that, and now they're down there. Okay. Another sponsor, this is super cool, is Compete Hub. This is awesome. I'm on their website right now, and the one that they're highlighting is Ironman World Championship 2014 in Kona, Hawaii. And, oh, man, look, there's an elevation profile done way better than the Ironman website. And average water temperature. Oh, man, dude, look at this. This is so cool. Course expectations. Average water temperature, 79 degrees. Air temperature, high 83, low 81. They ought to put uh, humidity on there because that's what's really killer out there. And the wind speed. Okay, legit. Oh, there's a tab for logistics. Gear planning. Oh, my God. And then reviews. This is cool. Oh, it's so cool. So Compete Hub, definitely go check them out, man. So there's a, um, there's a search bar. Let's search for something. What do you say? I'm going to type in something secret. Let's see what happens. If anything cool comes up. <laughs> no way. I typed in New Zealand. And seven, how many? 72 results. Challenge Wanaka. Wanaka, New Zealand. 
Let's click on that and see where it takes us. Oh, wow. Okay, this one doesn't have a course map on it yet, but it's got the distances. You can click that you're participating. Um, let me do um, Austin, because I'm really thinking about doing Austin. Let's see, Austin, let me type in Austin 70.3, and let's see what happens here. Fast results, Ironman 70.3, Austin, 13 weeks away. See, it tells you, oh my God, that's it? Oh, shit. <laughs> I better get on it. Okay. Um. No way. You drift your mouse along the elevation profile, and it shows you where on, it goes with the map. Oh, my God. That's cool. The pointer on the map cruises around with it. Okay. This is some cool coding right here. And it does it for the, it does it for the run, too. That was the bike ride. It does it for the run. Oh, man. Can I work for these guys? This is rad. Wow. Okay. Wow, wow. Logistics. Oh, course expectations. Closed bike course, water condition, air temperature 76, low 58. Yeah, some years it's cold. Wow. Okay, so that's competehub.com. Go check it out. I need to sign up for Ironman. I need to sign up for Austin, and uh, then we can throw it in. I wonder if I put on the Iron Baby, if, it'll, if they'll um, put it in here. We'll have to find out. Okay, let's get on to some emails, and where'd they go? Where'd they go? They're right here. They're right here. Okay, donations and emails. Uh, William Beck in Tampa. I-, I wanted to mention this. He gave a huge donation, which is so awesome because I just had to buy a new laptop because my other one was biting the dust. That's in the training log coming up. And um, that was really cool because it made buying that laptop a whole lot easier, uh, a bitter pill to swallow um, with that donation from him. So thank you. Huge amounts, uh, William Beck. Um, Carrie Honing, and then this is funny, or uh, it's actually coming from Jeff Honing, and it's not pronounced Honing, it's pronounced Haining, rhymes with raining. So thank you, Carrie, not Carrie, uh, Jeff. Gosh, I hope I remember that in the future. That's a hard one to remember every time. Todd Nelson, thanks, Todd. Todd's super cool. Matthew Heights, longtime donor. Jason Drury, Brian Kemper, William Beck. Weston Tanner, and Jamie Gurtov. I'm going to try to get that right. Brett, I really enjoyed listening to the podcast. Thanks for all the great information. Thanks, Jamie. Dan Machia and Allison Frutos. I guess this time around we don't have any uh, emails for me to answer, which is weird because I usually get a lot. And... The whole point here with me mentioning that is if you donate to the show and you send me an, a question or a comment, I actually read it on the podcast, which a lot of people really like. And uh, the, way, the way this works is if you feel that something in the uh, podcast helped you or lots of things have helped you, especially in the training log, I give tons of training tips. If you feel that um, 
this podcast has been of value to you over the years and you don't you don't you do want coaching but you don't want coaching right now or or you just want to give back in uh, some way for all the hours and hours and hours that I put into this to help everybody out then um, there's an easy way to do it you just go to zentrathlon.com and on the left hand side there's a donation link and you can do it two ways it's even cooler than just just that <laughs> I've made it so easy so there's a recurring donation, and that's less than four bucks a month, which I figure is about a dollar an episode, which is pretty cool. That's almost nothing, man. That's totally great use of your time. And then there's um, another one where you just give a flat donation, and um, that one, uh, the way PayPal works, it actually gives you a box to put in a comment if you'd like. So put in a comment, uh, your question that you'd like for me to answer, and I'll read it on the show. I think that's a lifeguard helicopter going by that sounds more like an airplane we got a view of the beach from where i'm at and then um but either way you can send me an email with your question or comment to texafornia at gmail.com but if it comes with a donation i'll actually read it on the show so uh, that's a really great way to support the show and let's see that's really meaningful it really helps helps um it helps emily let me do the show (laughs) Because I remember a few years ago, I was kind of, I was kind of down in the dumps over something. I was like, "Man, maybe I should quit doing this podcast." And she's like, "No, you're not. <laughs> People are donating to you for what you're doing, and it helps pay the bills. Keep doing it. Keep doing it." I was like, "Wow, Emily wants me to keep doing this show, which is pretty cool." So, uh, yeah, and it's all about the the donations to help help pay for the podcast, helps pay the bills around here. So it's great. And I also have one other thing, another sponsor, hornetjuice.com. And actually, I got another sponsor, but I got to start, I got to do some research before I mention them, endurance packs. But we'll get, y'all go check that out. We'll mention that later. But hornetjuice.com is on the right, it's on the right side of the page on zentrathlon.com. And this is a fat metabolizing protein powder. And no crap, it actually is. It's based on synthetic Japanese killer hornet saliva. And uh, these bugs have the highest power-to-weight-to-distance ratio of any animal on Earth, is what scientists believe. And they figured out how they do it is the protein, the amino acid mix, and their saliva um, that they that they store on themselves, kind of like how bees carry around um, honey or uh, pollen. Well, these hornets, uh, in their saliva, they have a specific blend of amino acids that um, uh, converts their fat to, to energy unlike anything else in the world. So they recreated it in a lab, started giving it to athletes, and holy crap, you take uh, just a little bit of this, and you can tell just a, there's a huge, huge release of energy over a long period of time. It's like a nice, slow burn, like cooking over charcoal. It's awesome. So what you do is you take it like half an hour or so before a workout, and then it's like every hour and a half during, which isn't, and a packet of this, you know, kind of lasts a long time, and you'll be able to actually go a lot longer, a lot stronger for the period of your workout or race. So I use it all the time, and I, I, I wouldn't use it if I, if I didn't believe it worked because I quickly quit things. I don't have time for stuff that doesn't work, and this stuff works, and... um 
it's on the right hand side of the page. You can order like different amounts of packets. And then um, there's a little bit tiny uh, amount of extra charge on it that goes to help support Zentri. So you get it at cost, but then a little bit to help support Zentri. So if you want to have better workouts and support the show at the same time, which is the way to do it, then you can get some Hornet juice. And plus, it's pretty cool, man. Gets this, this crazy packets in the mail. It's Hornet juice. Stuff really works. And the, the uh, stamps come from New Zealand, which I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. That's pretty neat. You can show your family, like, look at these crazy stamps. And then look at the synthetic Hornet juice saliva that's inside of these packets. And, yeah, that's how it works, man. Okay. So let's go ahead and get started with the training log. And after that, please keep in mind, next episode will be the um, Ironman Lake Placid Review, which will be crazy, and also lots of surfing and fun in the sun here in Port Aransas, Texas, which is also very, very cool as well. Lots of talking about surfing and pacing yourself out intervals of endurance. All right, so let's go ahead and get started with the training log. Here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Kuneli. Hi, everybody. My name is Brett. I'm a triathlete. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey. We all make mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise! Exercise! Yeah! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself! Alright, welcome to a new training log. I'm out on a bike ride. An easy bike ride. I got Kai with me somewhere behind me. What's up, dude? What's up? <laughs> Kai's a little grumpy. So I gave him part of an Amrito bar. He's like Godzilla in the commercial where he needed some carbs. And now he's gonna... And now he's on purpose riding on the wrong side of the road to make daddy mad. Oh, now he's smiling. Hey, Rita Bar's working. Don't say it, though. Kai, when I was in college, me and my friends almost rented that house way back there in the trees. That was a dumb idea. That's why I didn't go in on it. All we would have done is just drank beer. Okay. Then... Let's see, last night got back on my flight, and my flight was actually on time, and they didn't lose my luggage for the first time in four flights. And uh, went for a jog with Kai. He rode his specialized mountain bike that... Hey, there's a deer. Kai, look, a baby deer. Oh, there's a mama deer. Look at the deer. We're riding around the countryside. But the Texas World Speedway is right around the corner in a Maserati sport coupe. Went by earlier. That was pretty cool. Car back. See, guy said car back. Isn't that great? He's all trained up. Anyway, um, this is. Oh, uh, so Kai's got this specialized uh, mountain bike that everybody pitched in on the show to donate uh, for his coaching tips that he gave over like three or four shows, and. Check this out. Cyclocross is coming to College Station. Oh, we got a dog. Let me put the mic away so that in case I need to stop a dog from trying to bite Kai or something. Hold on. 
Okay, I'm back. Dog ended up being cool. Only thing I worry about on these rides out in the countryside with Kai is because traffic is great, like no problem. Really safe roads. But we do get wild dogs and not even wild dogs, uh, just dogs. They'll chase you and try to bite you. So with a little kid, you got to kind of watch out for that. Anyway, um, all this rattling is the uh, torpedo on my bike. Aero drink system on the front. I got to figure that out. That sucks. So Kai's on this uh, long ride with me this morning. I don't think he ate enough breakfast. Hold on, we're getting wind noise. Oh, I'm getting past? Okay, Amrita Bar's working, dude. So we got about halfway through this ride. We're looking at about an hour, maybe an hour and 10 is what it's gonna end up being. And Kai started getting grumpy. Holy cow. And I <laughs> I made him stop and I put a, a third of an Amrita Bar in his mouth. They were made out of mostly dates, which is a ton of good sugar. Far back. So that'll be good for him. Okay, now we're riding with the wind. This will be better. You doing all right? Yeah. But man, Kai is mad because his bike doesn't fit anymore and his legs keep banging into the uh, handlebars. In fact, he's got a grumpy face on right now. You look like Grumpy Cat. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, he's standing and climbing. Don't wear yourself out, there's some hills left. Now we got my blinky light on his back. So he just did a triathlon yesterday, but they finish in 20, like 20 minutes, 22 minutes. And that was in Austin, and he got seventh in his age group, but like 200 kids or something like that. So, car back. Anyway, it's great to be back in Texas. We're having a little bit of cool spell. So like lows in the low 70s. Still humid, but not as bad as usual. And um, my plan this morning is to do an easy ride with Kai to warm up and then either go back out on the road or on the trainer, kind of depends on what Emily's doing, to do intervals on the bike, do four by eight. And see, I told you there's a hill. And <clears throat> Emily called and left a message with True Tri Sports on the northwest side of Houston. T-R-U, T-R-I, True Tri Sports about kids' bikes, because Kai's banging his knees. A lot of kids' bikes have shifters on the stem, um, kind of like old bikes used to have. Look at the speedway, dude, look at it! Car back. And 
try to find him a bit bigger of a bike. He's on a 24 inch. And so we're going to move up to a um, 650 centimeter. 650. Uh, yeah, 650. Or a women's bike. Really, I'd like to get him a used bike. So if anybody has one out there for cheap, a good one. With the shifters on the, um, on the brake levers instead. He wants that. Let me know. Um, a 650 that's small, really small. Um, Kai's about 56 inches tall. So, all right, I just came in from a nice run and I'm gonna have a beer, a Sam Adams Rebel IPA West Coast style. I'm gonna open it up with the Sunto bottle opener, try to cool down. And uh, as soon as I walked in, Emily started hitting me with all kinds of questions and things to do tomorrow. So I got a, I got a, uh, does that sound familiar? <laughs> so then um, I got to come back on the recording here. I had a whole bunch of really cool thoughts while I was running. And uh, let me enjoy this beer. I'll be right back. Well, let's open this baby up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Be right back. All right. At the pool. Oh my God. Ugh. So last night I finished that run. I'm dying, I'm sweating to death. Holy crap, it's so hot. I uh, finished that run last night. I'm, I'm having like the wonderful, a wonderful run. I'm listening to a book on essentialism, which is really good, it's on Audible. I'll tell you about that in a second. And then even halfway through the run, I'm like, man, I gotta think about things, you know? So I turn off everything, because I listen to music on Jaybird Bluetooth headphones with my phone and a little mini Ziploc bag. Oh, I gotta eat something, I'm a mess. Hold on, let me, I'm dying, I'm sweating to death in the car. The pool is so hot. The pool's not that bad, it's the freaking locker room is unair conditioned and even though they got fans blowing, it's like, it's like a swamp in there. Okay, here's an Amrito. I left over about a third of an Amrito bar from last night. That's a start. I gotta find another one. I'm not gonna make it. There we go. Hold on. Ooh, a banana. Let me eat that. Hold on. Mm. Post-workout carbs. So I pull up to the house, walk in, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna record me opening that beer oh, I feel so much better right now and uh, and then come back with like a list of things man that I'm going to work on it's going to be great for the podcast and I walk in the door and <laughs> this is life man just when I think I've got it all figured out <laughs> Emily goes oh I'm glad you're back let's talk about this come here and sit down and look at all this and come here and do this and and um I need you to, uh, Kai's got uh, run practice in the morning, and I need to be here, and you need to be there, and at 7.45 this, and at 8.15 that, and can you ask off at work, and like this huge list of things, and uh, so I never got to record last night all my thoughts, but I did manage to write down some thoughts to tell y'all, I thought we were pretty good, but how often does that happen to y'all, man, where you freaking... Uh, 
you got a moment of space and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, a whole bunch of crap. Okay. Book on essentialism. I'm only probably one or two chapters in. Got it on Audible so I can listen to it while running or working or whatever and uh, biking. And um, it seems to have a Wikipedia entry and that it's some kind of philosophy even. But it's very zen-like and focus on what's important. And I thought to, something that's interesting to talk about is um, humans just always had to just do what it took to survive. And only recently in our history have we had were enough free time besides fighting off saber-toothed tigers and trying to find a berry to eat um, where we can actually sort things. We have enough things where we've got a whole bunch of things and we need to figure out which one's the most important. So apparently the word priority didn't even exist until the 1400s, I think. And then it was only singular priority, kind of like what's your mission statement, one thing. And then, um, around the turn of the century in 1900s or so, I'd have to re-listen to the book. Now it got shifted into, you know, priorities and um, they said, uh, the author said, and I've heard this from uh, Merlin Mann too, uh, who's pretty famous about organizational and focus kind of stuff, said, when you have a list of 10 priorities, then you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> you can only have one at a time and maybe three total, you know. So anyway, it's a really good book and I'm just getting started with it. Um, and then... Uh, let's see, intervals on the bike yesterday morning. I ended up, I took Kai for a, y'all heard that, uh, for a long bike ride. Ended up doing 15.7 miles, Kai did. And then, uh, just nice and easy. I think we probably averaged uh, 14, 13 miles per hour or something like that. But it was fun, and I used that as a warm-up. And then I threw the bike on the trainer and did my uh, four by eight minutes long intervals on the trainer. And uh, holy crap, that I can tell uh, today, because that was yesterday, I can tell that freaking cooked my legs. I could tell on the run last night, that was a whole nother thing. When you when you do it out on the open road, there's a little bit of downhill and stuff like that mixed in. And I have a pretty much a straight shot where I can do these intervals without stopping, but still it's a little up and down. And boy, on a trainer, holy crap, it milks your legs for all that they're worth. It's pretty brutal. And um, also a guy I coach, John Newman, has gotten the Wahoo Kicker. And it's a trainer where you tell it how much resistance you want exactly down to the watt. And my graphs look good, right? They look really good for, you know, slowly increasing out power and increasing heart rate and just doing it methodically just smooth his are it looks like it's broken it's so awesome like something's like he didn't do it but a robot did his uh, workout um, like perfectly dialed in uh, uh, graphs of resistance and such it's pretty neat <sighs> man Okay, now hold on. I'm going to go dig up my rest of my notes. I had some good stuff. Hold on. All right, I'm back. Um, yesterday, I finally, well, a few, uh, maybe a week or so ago, 
I finally caved in and decided I'd uh, get on the Instagram bandwagon. I, I just hate having like all these different social media things to try to keep up with. It's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff, man, that, that, uh, I'm not that interested in. If you're old enough, you've seen MySpace come and go, you know, it's kind of like, don't get too into stuff because it could disappear. I guess if you're bitten, I, I wasn't on MySpace, but I've gotten into stuff and then, and then it died and you got to move everything from one thing to the other, but also at the same time, life's short, you know, so just go ahead and do it in the end. Um, <laughs> and oh, now I'm getting cold. Let's turn this down. Uh, okay. And, um, I, I take tons and tons of pictures of stuff that I do and I post them to Twitter and then um, what I've noticed and then my tweet what I tweet I've set up so it automatically retweets to Facebook and I am not into Facebook and uh, I'm just not into it as much as I do a podcast and I'm talking to people all the time I'm just not social I'm more of an introvert I don't I need um, an introvert one of the uh, definitions is somebody that needs to get away from people you notice I record this while I'm by myself a lot. <laughs> um, and uh, get, get away from people to relax and recharge. And uh, um, So I'm just not big in, in the Facebook. But I'm also not stupid. And Facebook is the number one social network. And, you know, I do a coaching business and, and uh, try to keep up with... There is benefits to keeping up with other people. It's good for you. And... Um, so I've noticed on Twitter, when I post a picture to Twitter, it doesn't post the pic to um, uh, it doesn't post the picture to Facebook as a picture. It posts it as a link in a blank spot. It kind of sucks. And um, I think I take some pretty cool pictures of some fun stuff that uh, some people might like. And I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I should fix that somehow. And then the other thing is I, um, <sighs> oh, listening to other people's podcasts and doing other stuff is I keep hearing um, that people are, you know, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram. And I'm like, man, I guess Instagram's a thing. <laughs> so I guess I'll have to do that. And it's just too many things, man. And then, uh, so you got to, you got to pick what you get into and speed limit's 40. I'm doing good. Okay. And then there's a cop. The, uh, thing I figured out was how to get Instagram hooked up to Twitter. It's still too many steps and it's annoying, but whatever. Um, so I, uh, took some pictures last night of some cool stuff and put it on, uh, I put sunglasses on Roxy. She's got these pink sunglasses on. I posted that and uh, a picture of my beer that I drank and I drank two beers because <laughs> I liked it and then I'm trying to remember what else I did anyway there's some cool pictures up there so follow me on Instagram I'm uh, Zen Triathlon on that and then the other thing is I'm trying to get to Kai's middle school here to pick him up and the other thing is last night on my run coming back from San Diego I'm like man throwing in hills dude those hills were awesome and I did an, uh, an out and back two different directions and I dropped the dog off halfway and the hills were um, tough man like uh, 
but you don't have to, what's so cool is you don't have to run all that fast or all that hard to get in a good workout if you just throw in some hills. That was nice. All right, I gotta pick up Kai. I'll check y'all later out, bing. All right, all right. Oh, I gotta drive to a meeting and I was thinking about something. Turn off, turn off. And uh, something cool. Um, my MacBook Pro that I've been recording shows on for about three years now is showing signs of dying. Um, I used to work on computer hardware some and uh, and also uh, set up net, uh, a few uh, networks like for um, apartment complexes and like computer labs and you know nothing major but just some and used to design web pages and stuff like that so uh, and used to admin a Windows NT network back in the day. And uh, so I know computers pretty well. And the MacBook Pro was starting to make me nervous, <laughs> hardware-wise. And uh, screen starting to flicker kind of weird. Things not working exactly right. It's getting sluggish, but there's fixes for that. Uh, battery getting really, really, really weak and um, a port that was dead and I was like for the past six months I've been eyeballing getting a new computer I kind of wanted to do a Windows tablet like a, a Surface Pro which is full-blown Windows but on a tablet but it was too expensive for what you get and um, um, I did want a touchscreen pretty bad but I've been so for about six months I've been going hmm you need to you need to get a new machine so when the hard drive on this thing fails or something like that, then uh, uh, you've got something to take its place um, already rolling. And in fact, phase in the new one while you phase out the old one and use the old one as a, uh, as a computer at the house, right? So, um, so I was at Morgan's a house and he had a 13 inch macbook air and i'd never really held one before used one and i was i picked it up and i was like holy crap that is that one hell of a freaking computer man i was just blown away like the coolest thing that i noticed is i stood up and i held it in one hand to walk around the living room and go to the kitchen while i was doing like uh like drinking a, a tea or something like that and i was like wow man that's really really cool and then morgan goes yeah check it out you know because it's flash drive hard drive you just close it and it turns off you open it it picks up it's within a millisecond right where you right where you left off it's crazy 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 um so it's basically like an ipad um, but with full-blown, you know, operating system on it uh, that's actually usable uh, for desktop stuff. And, like, I got to process podcast files is my big thing. Um, so, anyway, I, I uh, got a MacBook Air 13, and I got middle of the line, uh, even though I really wanted the, uh, the one with a little bit more RAM in it. Um, I'm just editing audio files. I'm not even really editing any video, so it's all right. And there's something to be said for um, uh, what do you call it? The like when I talk about on the bike, the most important thing is how the bike feels. 
the uh, armrest pads and the saddle and your shoes, your your cleats and your and your biking shoes set up, and your shifters are and your bike position. All about the feel and the tangibility about how it feels is so important. And uh, I'm a Microsoft guy growing up, a Windows guy growing up, and uh, decided to try Apple stuff just because. Uh, you know, life's short, so you know, try it out, see what it's like. Everybody's talking about because the iPhone was built so well, and um, there is really something to how um, Macs are so well made that you feel um, you feel different while using one. The keyboard, like the responsiveness of the keyboard, and the fact that the keyboard's backlit, and the aluminum chassis. And that it just feels clean and tight and and uh, solid, man. Solid, solid, solid. Instead of flimsy and and uh, things kind of being weak and falling apart. So, anyway, that's the big news, MacBook Air. Because once I picked one up, I was like, oh, this is the replacement <laughs> for the MacBook Pro. Um, and it's been three years, so the MacBook Air. Is uh, is as powerful, pretty much, I think, as the MacBook Pro ever was uh, three years ago. So it's, um, in fact, it might it might be uh, more powerful. So anyway, that's it. I gotta I gotta roll out, man. Hey, you gotta turn this thing off, dude. How do you do it? Ah, there we go. There we go. All right. Uh, what's the point? The point is. <laughs> It is Tuesday morning, driving to uh, W to the ERK, driving to work, and last night I did um, scouts, so to get their Aquanauts, either badge or um, skill award or something, belt loop, uh, Kai's Cub Scout Den, uh, we went to the neighborhood pool and took it over. And was teaching three boys and one little girl who's <laughs> just adorable and uh, uh, how to do uh, different stuff. And I'll tell you in a second, I'm trying to get through traffic here. But um, uh, the thing is, is I just show up and I, and I teach them the stuff. And the, the, the moms, I've, I've mentioned this before, the moms at, at Cub Scout age, you know, Pretty much moms run stuff because the boys are still kind of clinging to moms just a little bit. But as they get older, they get tougher and tougher and dads start teaching them stuff uh, for Boy Scouts when they turn like 11. So when they're like under the age of 11, like 10 and under, moms kind of run things. And and, uh, you actually have to restrain the dads because the dads are a little bit too tough. Oh, he'll be fine. It's it's just a contusion. Ah, a few stitches will take care of that. You know, you don't want to emotionally scar these kids with being caught on fire and losing a finger, and, you know, with uh, with a machete. So anyway, um, so they had to jump in and swim 100, had to jump in deep water and come up to the top on their own and then swim 100 feet. So they have a 25-yard pool, so that's 75 feet, and then uh, back a little bit. So to the other side of the pool and then back a little bit and then uh, float and show that they can do a survival float. 
and then a few other things, and then they had to play a game in the water, and we played sharks and minnows, man, which is just ruthless. So you start off with one shark on one side of the deep end, and then minnows on the other side. Everybody else is a minnow, and then sharks ready, minnows go, and the um, minnows have to try to swim to the other side without getting touched on the top of their head. And if you get touched on the top of your head, now you're a shark for the next round, and it keeps going like that. It's actually a ton of fun. And, oh, the reach, throw, row, go thing. Uh, taught them that. And Lynn, who's a really good swimmer, was the other instructor. She's a mom of one of the other kids. And uh, she wanted to challenge me to a race <laughs> across the pool and back to see who's faster. And I watched her swim, and I'm like, yeah, you're good. But I, I think I can get you, you know? And I said, I'll challenge you to make it more fun. We'll swim across the pool and back. So probably total about 25 yards uh, because we're swimming across the deep end and back. So it's not that far. Uh, I said, I'll, I'll race you uh, one arm. I'll swim one arm. And she just was like floored that I would even say something like that. And uh, I said, no, I think I might take you. <laughs> She's like, Whatever. So we raced, and I beat her. I, I said, I'll swim one arm, uh, I'll swim right arm across and left arm back. And, uh, and I actually beat her by, like, half a second. <laughs> that was pretty cool. She, she was so mad <laughs> at the end. And I just smiled. I'm like, hey, man, you know. So my secret behind one-arm freestyle and one-arm anything is I used to cheat all the time doing butterfly in practice. Butterfly is so exhausting. So on swim team, um, when the coach wasn't looking, I would do one arm butterfly, which is a lot easier easier than regular butterfly. So I got a lot of miles under me doing um, uh, one arm freestyle, one arm butterfly, uh, trying to uh, just trying to avoid full butterfly. So I've got I've got it down pretty good, surprisingly. And then, um, yeah, the reach, throw, row, go. So I had them yell it every time before we started doing anything. And what that means is you, if somebody's drowning, there's a really big risk that you'll die uh, if you go in after them. So you only go in the water after them as a last resort. So the first thing you do is you stay on the side and kind of reach for them. And we had a pole, you know, uh, as well. And then next you throw like a ring with a rope or even just throw a life jacket at them, something. And then um, the next thing is if you have a boat, row out to them. But see, all these things, you're still not in the water. You don't want to get in the water. It's a last resort. And then the last one is go. So reach, throw, row, go. And I, um, uh, Lynn and I told them, look, guys, you guys are not big big, big boys yet, you know, just don't go, unless it's waist deep and the kid is small, um, just yell for help, if you go in after somebody, you're going to drown, they, when people are drowning, the first thing they try to do is stand on top of you, and then you both end up drowning, so, um, I was a lifeguard for about three summers, I think, I'd have to think back, um, but anyway, I ended up saving, it was always a pool, and I ended up saving one full-grown guy. Um, it was interesting. Uh, he was mentally disabled, 
and uh, jumped into the deep end, and then um, and he did it a few times, and then I think he got tired, and he was just kind of uh, floating by the side, and was too tired and too confused to make it to the um, to the side of the uh, deep end after he dove in off of the diving board, and I realized he was having trouble and. Um, jumped off the lifeguard stand, ran around the deep end, and then uh, dove in and swam across, and then grabbed him and uh, pulled him to the uh, to the side and got him to the side. And um, then another time, I was <laughs> I used to lifeguard at this country club, which was kind of cool, um, and I would sit everybody had to do this uh you sit with the chair at the, the huge baby pool you know that's only like it goes from like one foot deep to maybe two feet two and a half feet deep and this one little kid jumped on top of another kid and kind of knocked him silly and that little kid was underwater and uh the kid that got knocked silly was kind of underwater and i um i jumped in you know it's like knee deep for me and uh waddled over there and then grabbed the kid by the arm and lifted him up by his arm and set him on the side, and he just sat there on the side sputtering water, like, holy crap. But he would have drowned if uh, somebody didn't do something. Um, so those are my two saves that I can remember. And that's it. And then, um, uh, let's see, oh, but, you know, to be a lifeguard, you have to go through a lot of training and stuff, and you have to demonstrate that you can save people, uh, big people fighting you. Uh, that's the only way you get past. And I did. And then... Um, was the thing? Oh, I wanted to mention something about consistency. So I did intervals on the bike this morning, and I've gotten into a habit, a nice pattern of four by eight intervals, where you go medium hard at first, and then you increase until it's pretty hard at the end, and it's a nice lactic burn. Um, you can start to feel that you enjoy the lactic burn, and it's a it's a mental trick where after a while. After you know a week or two of doing this kind of stuff, you start to see the benefits. So you start associating the burn with benefit. I remember on swim team in high school, I would start to feel the burn in my arms. And then I would associate that with, man, my arms are going to look ripped when I get out of the pool. And for the next few days, uh, you know, being all muscly and trying to get the ladies. <laughs> and, uh, and so I associated the burn and just the right amount of burn with uh, looking better, like having better arms and muscles and stuff. And uh, so it kept me coming. Oh, the truck in front of me almost hit a cyclist. And so it kept me, it kept me going, you know, doing the, um, doing the right amount of burn and, and putting on uh, muscle to put on strength. And I, that definitely helped me become a better swimmer. And so on the bike, I'm doing something that's consistent, right? It's repeatable. Every couple of days, I do the same thing. And because it's consistent, because it's the same thing, I get better at it. I get better at the execution, and you do too. If you, they say training for triathlon, for anything, is consistency. For endurance sports, it's consistency, consistency, consistency. And when you do something, when you repeat something over and over again, you can tell what makes it better and what makes it worse, what improves you and what doesn't. And if you're all over the place, like one day you do this kind of workout and the next day you do that kind of workout and this day you do that kind of workout and your diet's all over the place, like everything's all over the place, 
Um, it's such a shotgun scatter effect that you can't tell what's actually making you better or making you worse. And um, it's so it's smarter to do thing the same thing re- repeatedly over and over and over again. And when I coach people, I do the same thing. I give them the same workouts, very little variation. The, the, what you want to do is you want to vary it as the person gets better. You do the intervals um, longer. Um, four by eight is about as long as you want to go. And I've been doing them for a long time. So I'm, I can do four by eight. If you're starting off, you do, you know, uh, two by three, two, two minutes or two intervals of three minutes long. And because the person's new to it, they, they get exhausted, you know, and then everything else is just background volume, just easy, easy, easy. Go hour run, two hour bike, all easy. And you start mixing in those intervals and making them longer. But anyway, I wanted to, I wanted to mention the whole consistency thing because also with all the metrics that we have now, you know, uh, on my bike, I'm collecting watts, miles per hour, um, heart rate. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the uh, cadence, right? I knew there was another one. So I can um, say on this ride, I had a higher cadence and a higher watts output um, at the same heart rate than I did last time. And I'm like, okay, so what was that? Um, I improved my breakfast a little bit and my fuel on the, on the bike. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's the key right there. You know, cause it's consistent. I can change, uh, one thing at a time and go, yep, that makes me better. Yep. That's smarter. Nope. That's worse like that. All right. That's a good coach tip right there. All right. I'm going to go into W to the RK out. Oh man, that was a good run. And I learned my lesson from, I guess it was not yesterday, but the day before, where cooling off from my run, drinking a beer, I've, I, I grabbed my beer and went right into the training cave and closed the door. I'm here with the fan on. It's like 90-something degrees outside and just ran an hour, ran seven miles in an hour. It's like an 8.36 pace. The first half kind of hard, but not really. I did intervals on the bike this morning. And uh, my legs were just a little, a little beat up. So since I did interval work on the bike in the morning, in the evening, it's back. It's polarized back to easy. Let the legs recover for a couple of days. And, um, and I adjusted the seat height on my bike. I lifted it up just a little bit. And that was nice. And then today, from that uh, hard bike ride, my intervals this morning, today at work... I felt my uh, hamstrings actually um, a little swollen and and reacting to the work. That was nice, really freaking nice, smart move. And um, but there's something wrong with my run. Oh crap, man! The first part of my run sucked, and it's Tawny Prezak's fault. I'm gonna sip of my beer. I'll tell you why. So Tawny and I were going to record news when I got home from work, and then I uh, I got the time zones wrong, and um, I thought she meant 5.30 my time, but really that was what we really decided on was 9.30, 9.30 my time, which is too late to be up recording news, because we'll talk for like an hour. So by the time I got home and realized that, I had told Emily that I was going to be on the phone doing an interview for like an hour, Plus, 
And then so Emily goes off and runs errands and then decides, <laughs> she said that, this is Tawny and Emily's fault. They, she decided to have a little bit of me time is what she called it and took freaking forever to get back and didn't get back till like seven or something like that. And then she wanted to eat. And in the meantime, in the meantime, I had eaten a bunch of snacks, which raised my blood sugar and then a while later dropped it. And so now, 7.30, Emily wants to go run, and I feel like crap. So the lesson is don't eat a bunch of crap food while you're away. Well, the lesson is communicate better because it ends up screwing up things. And then when your schedule's screwed up, um, you end up making dumb decisions because you don't know what's going on. What I should have done, as soon as I realized that the uh, interview with Tawny was off, which again is totally her fault, <laughs> then, uh, by the way, I got I got told I, I sound like a, a hippie stoner or something like that on this podcast. I wish, dude. <laughs> I don't have that luxury. But anyway, the um, I should have texted Emily or called her and said, look, interview with Tawny's off. Can you come back? Uh, let's do dinner. And then that way we can have a nice run. But what I did was, um, ended up eating chips and, oh, like a, a, a kind bar, like wafer kind of thing. And a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which was all good. That's good. Cause I made a healthy peanut butter and jelly sandwich with Ezekiel bread or Genesis bread or harvest bread or something, something like that. But the, uh, but in the end, I, I ended up eating too much sweet stuff and then crashed a little bit. So Emily comes in and starts saying, come on, we're supposed to go run. I'm like, look, lady, <laughs> I'm laying here in bed trying to relax for a minute to get my energy back up and had to drink a cup of coffee to get my adrenaline going again because I was shot and I was mad. I was mad at her and she's coming in telling me to get up and that, and uh, that we were going to go run. And I'm like, you don't understand. I'm trying to get up. I feel like crap because you took your me time and went off shopping for extra long time. But it's not her fault because I should. I was wrong about the, um, I mean, Tawny was wrong about the uh, exercise time, about the interview time. Uh, but anyway, so cool stuff happened on the run. Uh, first half of the run uh, was Emily and Kai were going with me. Uh, Kai and I, Kai didn't want to run. He wanted to ride his bike. And I said, cool. And I said, hey, how about you try something? Since you skipped um, your running practice this morning or your biking practice or whatever they do on triathlon for kids. It's a lot of grab ass, I think. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of playing and falling down and stuff. I said, um, Hop on your road bike, and then anytime we go uphill, sprint up that hill. And by the time we cover about three or four miles of that, um, you and at, at the bottom of the hill, come to almost a complete stop. Stay on your pedals, and then accelerate up the hill and sprint up to the top. And after about four miles of that, you're going to be done, dude. And that'll feel good, and uh, it's a good workout. And he uh, goes, okay. So he totally did it, and... Um, I was really proud of him, man. We got back to my house, and he rode his bicycle down the street, no hands, with his arms up over his head, like he saw the guys doing on the Tour de France winning the stage last night. 
and he pretended like he was zipping up his jersey. He didn't. He did. He was just wearing a t-shirt, but he pretended like he was zipping it up, and then put his arms up over his head. <laughs> you know, because I was pointing out to him last night. He's like, "Why is he zipping up his jersey?" I go, "So that his logos all look good." So when he crosses the finish line and they do all the photos, the sponsor logos uh, look nice. And he's like, oh, okay. And I said, I do that at um, races. If uh, you know, I'm finishing and I zip up my jersey, it's got the big Amrita logo across the front. I zip it up. And uh, so it looks nice in pictures and stuff. So I'm really proud of him. He did really, really good. And that's only because he didn't do anything this morning at all. So I was like, man, ride your bike with me. Do some uh, do some little sprints. It's cool. Hmm. And there was something else, but now I can't remember what it is. So I'm gonna enjoy the rest of my beer and relax. All right, out, bang. All right, I think we're getting close to the last entry for the training log, and I have a green smoothie here. I just went and swam. I did four by eight minutes. Uh, hard, progressively harder until it burned really good towards the end. Nicely, burns nicely. You're like, nice burn, you know? <clears throat> and, hold on, green smoothie. Mm. I'll tell you all what's in it in a second. Um, I thought I'd kinda free, freestyle it, freewheel it, I guess, in the pool this morning, and say, you know what, I'm just gonna let it slowly burn nicely for an interval and then kind of see how long it it is um, until I'm almost done and just do it naturally you know let the body tell me when to stop doing it guess what it was eight minutes <laughs> so um, the reason I do four by eight is a study that showed that four by eight minutes with about I don't know some you know you, you rest in between to recover um, showed the greatest response in athletes um, as far as improvement. And they compared it to like 4x4 four four and I don't know, other stuff. 4x8. Uh, and I was thinking about it while I was swimming and um, 8 minutes seems to be... Like, why is 8 minutes so good? And it's for endurance sports instead of explosive sports... It really does seem to be the magic time. Eight minutes, uh, you've got to settle into it for a little bit. And you've got to train yourself not to go too hard because you can blow up because it's eight minutes long, you know. So it's, it's long enough where you've got to teach yourself some pacing. And then it's also long enough where you've got to endure some sustained uh, lactic acid burn build up in your system and your body learns to use it as fuel to flush it out all kinds of good stuff to process it to not be scared of it um, and then um, so it, it seems to be really long enough to really teach a good lesson and have a really good effect um, because you gotta you gotta hold it you know for a long time but then Eight minutes is also, it's not so long that uh, you end up, you know, cooking yourself. <clears throat> and then you can always cut it short, I guess. Um, the, uh, the old ladies at the pool, 
uh, especially the one I've talked about from before from like Guatemala or something like that. They're like, <laughs> you're too skinny. <laughs> you need to eat something and put on some weight. And I said, put on weight? I've gained 10 pounds in the past like month. And they go, oh, well, then that must be muscle. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think it is. Um, my weight's gone up. And you know you're uh, on the right track. And it's not just you thinking that when other people start commenting on it. So that goes back to my my uh, theory on uh, when are you a triathlete. Lots of people like to ask themselves this. Uh, when are you actually a triathlete? And... Because when I first started doing triathlon, there's a difference between doing triathlons and being a triathlete. You know, triathlete's like the lifestyle and the mindset. And, um, gosh, years ago when I first started doing this stuff, I kind of wondered at first, you know, when am I, am I a triathlete? Just because I've done a triathlon, I don't really feel like a triathlete. And then, um, after doing triathlons for, uh, and training for him for like a year or something like that. Somebody else said, just introduced me as a triathlete to somebody else, else, else. And then I realized when other people start introducing you as a triathlete, then you're a triathlete. And it works pretty well because if you stop doing triathlons long enough, people will quit calling you a triathlete and then... Um, and you're not a triathlete anymore. So, and it's cool because it's irrespective of distance or or um, any kind of stuff. I think the the title Ironman is almost uh, permanent. You know, once you've done an Ironman, you're an Ironman for life because it's a huge accomplishment. So it's kind of like being a president or a governor. <laughs> uh, you get to hold the title till you're dead. In the Grizzone. Okay, um, starting to put together stuff for our Port Aransas trip. We're heading off to Port A, which is uh, right next to Corpus Christi, and bringing surfboards, and we'll be swimming in the water. And then the pool is closed all next week for the Games of Texas or something, which I have a friend that helped organize them for a long time. So I'm 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 stoked to see them successful. I'm but I'm pissed that the uh, pool is going to be closed for a week. I'm not sure why it needs to be closed entirely for swimming at 5.30 in the morning for this thing, but I don't know the schedule of what's actually going on. So, And, oh, and Zuzu Rodeo, uh, a lot like my old one that I used to have a long time ago. And, oh, green smoothie. Um, oh, so while, I'm, while we're at the beach, I'm going to have to really uh, torque up the swimming and paddle boarding around uh, to wear my arms out Somebody, the car in front of me just threw a freaking cigarette out. So I'm flashing my brights at him like, you jerk. Freaking hate that. A lit cigarette, like it, like sparks and crap just like flew out all over the place. Don't do that, people. That's how you start grass fires and stuff. Anyway, the um, if you ever go clean up a beach or clean up a creek channel or whatever, or a parking lot, look how many cigarette butts there are on there. And that stuff doesn't go away. It's made out of like fiberglass and stuff. Anyway, um, green smoothie. Okay. Oh, well, at the beach, uh, um, because I'm not going to be able to swim for a week unless I go find another pool, then uh, what you do is 
uh, really overdo what it is that you're not going to be able to do. Um, so really wreck your arms and you'll need a week to recover from that. See, works <sighs> and surfing and paddling around on the surfboard. I can do that and really make my arms tired by the last day. So, um, green smoothie. So I've got a Vitamix blender, which there's a video online with me and rich, rich roll at my house using my Vitamix, which is pretty cool. And, um, jamming it all the way to the top with stuff. That's funny. Oh, I just remembered blueberries would be really nice. Um, but my quick, my quick fix for a green smoothie is, um, any kind of leafy green. Lately I grabbed spinach, baby spinach, and then carrots. Um, and then to sweeten that up, I did, um, I don't know how much, you know, just dose it with, uh, Odwalla superfood, which is another healthy green juice. Um, but that's pretty sweet cause it's mostly apple juice or something. And let me have a sip of it. It's got me thirsty now. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and today's my 41st birthday and that was cool waking up to balloons and crap like that. Emily puts out and Kai. And a birthday card that lit up like um, a lightsaber. And let's see. Um, oh, so the rest of the thing I put in the smoothie is uh, chia seed, ground chia seeds, and um, hemp powder. Hemp powder is pretty interesting in that it's it is a genuine freaking badass food. It's green. It's got lots of chlorophyll in it. It's got protein in it. It's got oil in it. I mean, like, all around, man, stuff is great. So I, I don't, I'd have to look on the package if it's ground up leaves mixed with the seeds. Um, stuff's super good. It actually tastes pretty good, too. And um, it's more on the nutty side instead of the bitter side, I think. And, um, yeah, so like a couple of big spoonfuls of that in there. And I think that's it. All right, I'm at W to the ERK. Out. I forgot, I wanted to mention, I'm going to try to do this while I'm putting on my socks. No, I can't do that. Anyway, um, yesterday when I was on the bike, I was watching a video of um, on YouTube of the Abu Dhabi 2013. It might have been the 2014. But anyway, um, the most recent, I think, Abu Dhabi uh, triathlon, which is a mix of sprint and long course. And um, it was pretty cool. And what's really cool is at the beginning of it, they have... Um, Jody Swallow leading the, the women's swim and you can actually see her form and technique and it's high cadence wide arm swing right because you use the momentum of the arm swing like you're throwing a baseball over and over and over and over and over again just bam 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 right um, and so two things off of this is one it's really enlightening and inspirational and motivational to see somebody kicking ass uh, swimming and, um, it's like, oh, wow, I can swim like that, right? Without ever watching the video, you would never really know or get inspired on, uh, what's going on. And then two, take that into the pool and, uh, try it yourself. And uh, higher cadence means less effort, uh, less force, less torque. And, um, or else you'll, you'll burn up. You got to remember that when you try the higher cadence stuff, you don't need to try, you don't need to pull or push um, as hard, but uh, the RPMs are higher and it ends up. 
so on the bike on the trainer i did higher cadence and um i went instead of doing like low 80 i did a low 90 cadence on the trainer and um it actually put out um a few more watts it was pretty nice so uh uh but you have to train yourself to do it and after after a while it's not that bad so anyway go watch that video man abu dhabi the most recent one um jody swallow on the swim it's freaking badass she's a machine all right out yo I'm on the way to the uh, hardware store to get straps for the surfboards for the roof of the car. I used to use, um, and they work quite well, but they won't work on the Xterra bars because the bars don't hang off the side. They don't poke off the side. And uh, so I used to use inner tubes off of bikes, like mountain bike inner tubes work really well um, because they flex a little bit. And uh, so now I'm going to do, I got, uh, I'm going to do cam uh, you know, activated, uh, tie down straps. Cause that'll actually work better for what I'm doing. And, um, I actually do have tie down straps from when I used to have motorcycles and I, uh, and a pickup truck, uh, Ford F-150 and then put it in the back, tie it down with the hooks and drive it somewhere and then go ride it. And, um, those aren't going to work because those tie down hooks have hooks and I need something that doesn't hook. I need something that straps. And so I'm on my way to do that. Anyway, I uh, had a really cool experience today. Um, lots and lots of stuff to get done. And as I get older, I'm able to uh, uh, sit back and observe things now as I'm doing them. And and because I've realized that observing is uh, very useful for... Um, tweaking, right, and um, had a mix of lots of different things to do, and with uh, Zen Flow is where you challenge yourself, it's the appropriate amount of challenge for you to make it actually kind of fun to do or, or exciting enough that you like it, but not too much challenge, and so I got an Amrita bar in my hand. And so I uh, manipulated my... Oh, that's a ton of broken glass. Crap, somebody's got a flat tire from that. They, um, I manipulated what I did, what I, my schedule, so that I had just enough time to do the stuff that was boring before it was due, so that it was exciting, so that I was into it. And I also, on purpose, earlier in the week... But yeah, the way I did this was by on purpose earlier in the week, um, not putting off putting off meetings. So um, I had to turn in a ton of paperwork by Wednesday at 5 p.m. Right, and it sucks doing this paperwork. And I'm like, you know what'll make this paperwork more interesting? <laughs> I started this on Monday morning. People were calling me, uh, asking for meetings and stuff. You know, um, and because I'm I'm not working Thursday and Friday this week, I only have Monday. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday to work and I already had a couple meetings in there um, that I had to go to which was already going to limit my schedule but then I had two different people this week wanting to meet with me about other stuff and I'm like dude, schedule those meetings for this week for two reasons one, you'll get them done earlier two with the shortened amount of time 
that you're now giving yourself, then um, it's going to make that paperwork that you got to turn in, which is going to take hours to do, it's going to make it exciting because you got to turn it in. And now you're going from a comfortable amount of time to a little bit stressful amount of time. And as I started digging into the paperwork, it worked, man. It was like, it was really cool how it was um, making me focus a lot more and uh, be more uh, careful because I didn't have time to make mistakes, you know? There's that saying that um, if you give somebody a chore to do and you give them one day or you give them three, either way, it'll take them the same amount that either one of those times because people allow stuff to fill their time when they shouldn't. And, um, so as I was trudging along, you know, doing this, doing this stuff, something that's really interesting, the effect of being, being in flow, cause you're appropriately challenged with a task that's difficult enough now where it kind of, I don't know if it really scares you, but it excites you like whether or not you can get it done. And, uh, time just flew by. So I've spent the last three days in meetings and doing paperwork and it was actually one of the most fun weeks I've had because it was challenging, man, to get it all done within, within time. And then, because of the art of saying no kind of stuff. Got an Amrita bar. I got to run in a little bit, so I need to eat something. Um, I had two more meetings come up that people wanted to do this week. And then I could tell that that was too much. And I was like, no, I'm not here. Uh, I'm busy. I'm both busy and I won't be here the rest of this week. So let's schedule them for next week. And we did. And so it it's cool, like, being able to manipulate your schedule so that life is, is exciting enough that the stuff you don't really want to do you give yourself only enough time to barely do it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's more like a challenge. And doing that that boring crap, filing TPS reports. I'm choking now. It's now uh, so exciting that time actually flies by, you know, because you're, you're so in the zone and like, any kind of interruption, you're like, I can't talk right now. I got to do this, you know? And this is just a coincidence, but it's so funny. My boss is leaving at 5 p.m. today, and I turned in this stuff at 4.59 and 30 seconds. Not that's a, not rushing to get it done in exactly that time, but that's how well I timed it. Um, just doing quality work, it just happened to end at 4.59 on the dot when I put it in her uh, tray. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Anyway, I thought I'd comment on that. That That's a... Um, several techniques there in practice, and uh, and it works. It's really, really cool. So Emily and Kai and I were talking after work, and they said, what was your good part today for your birthday? And I said, I got a ton of stuff done at work today. I worked the hardest that I've worked in a long time in the past few days, but I actually didn't mind it at all. I actually enjoyed it. I feel successful, man. It was really cool. So, anyway, out being. All right. We are in the Zentrite Mobile Studios on a boat. How's that? It's pretty awesome. So, we're on a ferry crossing 
the channel to go to Port Aransas. Yep. Yep. How y'all doing? Good. So what are we going to do there? We're going to surf and boogie board and maybe try to find a paddleboard place, build sandcastles. So we're in the Nissan Xterra with three surfboards strapped on top, Kai's bike strapped oh, to yeah. the back. We're on the we're the leading edge of the ferry, so it looks like we're driving across yeah, the water. Like we're on the water driving. And there's kids all all that ran up to the front to come check it out. Out there. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And yeah, we're gonna make sandcastles. And and we're celebrating your birthday and my our birthday. family beach trip for the year. Our family beach trip. So next episode, lots of beach stuff. Yep. Yeah. So I wanna give a shout out to oh, we're, we're, are we coasting in? The uh, Sunto Ambit. Riley, hurry up. Hurry up, Riley. So, the uh, Sunto Ambit and Amri- Amrita Health Food. Amrita, God, what's the name? Amrita, Amrita Health Nutrition Bars Food.com. Amrita. <laughs> but anyway, y'all kept stealing all my Amrita bars. Yeah, because they're good. What's your favorite flavor? The pineapple chia is my favorite one. What about you, Kai? Chocolate yep. Yep. That's what it is. I'm trying to remember it while we're nearly dying here. Yeah. It's kind of got me freaked out. And glad you know how to swim. Yeah. And my brother is uh, getting back into swimming, like I hoped he would, and he's looking for a wetsuit. He's about six foot two, six foot three. He hasn't been working out uh, for a while, so he has been working out now lately, but for many well, years not working out. The car. So. Kind of a large wetsuit if you got one. So let me know on Twitter. I'm Zentrathlon on Twitter or Zentrathlon.com, uh, Texafornia at gmail.com. And let me know. All right. Everybody stay safe out there. Work the uphills. Cruise the downhills. And keep the rubber side down. Say out, cut. Out. <laughs>